This will be the only thing that could probably, uh, maybe if you went to the Jets, but it's probably the only thing that could maybe make me hate him because I hate Tony Romo so much. <laughs> and I was indifferent about the guy before. And now I can't stand him. If he, like, there's no quicker way to make me hate you than, and I'm so overly critical. I know that job's tough and these guys work their ass off mm-hmm. at it, but I am so overly critical of sports commentators and I just got no room for it. It is episode 147 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boy, Jevin LaFave. We've got co-host Hayden Barton as well. And we are joined by two recurring guests of Left Side Heavy, Brett Roselle, Scotty Ani. How's it going, boys? Thanks for coming back to the show. Doing well. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Obviously, we, uh, we've had the day together with the midterm <laughs> today. Uh, yeah, Didn't go so well for me, but it went decent <laughs> for you guys. But uh, thanks for coming back on the show, boys. Oh, always a pleasure. Yeah, glad to be back. This has been a, this has been a show in the works for, uh, for a few weeks now. Super Bowl preview. Super Bowl coming up in just a few days. We've got some hockey headlines to get to as well. But, um, right, you've been, uh, you just got over, uh, you just got over a bug at home. Yeah. How's, uh, how's the family doing after that, uh, tough, tough couple of weeks there? Good, man. Yeah. Getting back to normal. Um, get ready for the Super Bowl. Um, hockey's flowing. I'm starting my baseball research for my yeah. draft. So yeah, sports sp- are always humming. There's no off season. Off no, seasons are no. gone. I'm still doing my draft prep for the 2023 football draft. I can't wait. I'm one of those suckers that's like, it's Super Bowl week and I'm like already salivating about the draft. So <laughs> yeah, I love the Super Bowl, but bring on the draft. Let's see where these rookies end up. Yeah, you're a sucker because you're a Saints fan. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like, two just, of them. Two of them. Yeah, yeah. actually, now that, now that I'm looking at this, how weird is it? Two Pats fans, two Saints fans in the same room Ugh. recording a podcast. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Both yeah, with the know, middest teams this year. The joint practices. <laughs> the joint practices. Yeah. Imagine. Two of the most dominant teams over the last 20 years have fans. Like, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Scott, have, have, uh, have you been how's life outside of school yeah we're good you know yeah. same old i'm sad about football ending and my hockey team being terrible and the raptors suck and baseball hasn't started so but we yeah. just got out of arbitration though. he, si- he signed a three-year yeah. i don't know the terms but yeah i'm ready for baseball i might get into f1 too mm. it's coming up i've got buddies who really like it i don't think i will but they keep being like 20 more days till the first race. So I've entertained the thought too, but I, I think I'll just that. actually watch spring training baseball instead. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for There's so many thoughts like outside of like sports where it's like, yo, you should like watch this series. I'm like, it's on my watch list, man. But it's yeah. been on my watch list for like two years now. Yeah. <laughs> like I just haven't got the to. Jays are bringing their park dimensions in like, yeah, it's I saw just that. like there's excitement. It's, I can't wait. They're going to hit a ton of days. I'm worried going. about the pitching though. Yeah, it's going to be volatile. It's going to be but a I can't wait. <laughs> So many bombs being hit. It's going to be good. But no, this is a this is a big week. Um this is obviously uh going to be coming up um uh being uploaded Wednesday night as opposed to Wednesday morning, so it's coming to you guys late. But let's uh let's jump into it cuz we got a big episode, but we're going to we're going to cover some NHL notes first. 
Uh, we're fresh off the all-star break. Um, the first slate was just the other night. And uh, <laughs> former Canuck. There's a bunch of speculation. Hayden, don't breathe into the mic so much. I know you can't hear it, but you're breathing heavy. Am I? Too. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so the mask would uh, yeah, so, mask it there. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's inflating the noise, actually. It's, it's like dispersing it. It's like, <laughs> 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 well, I'm cutting that up. I'm not. I don't want to edit. Um, no, but uh, Bo Horvat, he got traded to the Islanders. Me and Hayden talked about it immensely on last show. And there was a lot of speculation on what the Islanders' game plan was it. Were they going to play the next month and maybe try and flip him at the deadline to see how it would go? Lou Lamorello came out and said that it was too much term and too much money, which is ironic because he's the one who gave him the contract and gave Kovalchuk one that was for like 18 years or something like that. So it's ironic for him to say that it's too much money and too much term. But he signs for eight years, eight and a half million dollars. Uh, he ended up scoring his first goal the other night. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the term and uh, the price for Horvat in the midst of a career year? Well, Brad, Brad, Scotty, I'll go to you. Okay. Like, he's not wrong. It is too much term and too much money. And every deal, you know, in that realm is. It always is. But you sign him because someone else is going to pay it and you're not going to have that game-changing player. Like, the way I see those contracts, you win a cup one time, paid off itself. It's the same 100%. thing with all the bad ones the Sharks signed, and they came damn close a couple times. So you'll take four miserable years or two miserable years, even to go on multiple runs. Are the Islanders going to do that? Probably not. But they're in a state where they're not really bottoming out, and they're not really a top team. I, As a fan, I'd enjoy going for it rather than getting 10 pick, 11 pick, 8 pick. No, you got to commit like, one way. Yeah, they definitely committed to trying to hit this window that doesn't, like, from the outside, doesn't seem widely open. But internally, they seem to think that it is, and they're going after it. So I respect that. If I was a fan of the Islanders, I would certainly respect that. I mean, they're an old team, and they're going in heavy on on someone who's having a career year. So they're taking the calculated risk that a lot of teams are, that he's not going to regress, like, like a Nazem Kadri, for example who I think is like a good example of that. Someone who had a great season, Flame signed him for big money, and he's regressed back to like his career norms. So if he if Bo regresses back to what he's done up to this point, up to this season, then it's probably not going to be fantastic for the Islanders. But if this is the new Bo, then it's a, it's a good deal. Yeah. Especially because like, I have a few Islanders um, like followers and – people I've connected with through Instagram and everything like that. And they've said, they're like, we don't have a first round. We've we haven't had a first round pick the past like three years. And we're probably not going to have any for the next couple of years. We may as well just like commit to just going all in. And they still have like just under $12 million in cap space. So they should just like try and commit to trying to go on a run. They have one of the oldest teams in the league based on average. So it's like you don't have the prospect pool to rebuild quite yet, and you may as well just go all in and try and go all the way. Yeah, I mean, that's what Lou's doing, yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I mean, they really do lack the scoring punch to keep up with some of the top-fledged teams in the NHL. I mean, Bo Horvat's going to help, but this team needs more scoring than this they're not to gonna... be a cup contender yeah. so we'll see i mean it, it, they're they're really gambling and we'll see what they do up to the deadline they might not be be done but uh i don't know if you're if you're an islander fan you just love 
that this team is thinking that they can compete because that's all that I really care about. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, what do you think about the extension? I know we talked about it when it happened, and it was like the first kind of thought was, did the Canucks not offer that or anywhere around that? Because you know, eight and a half I thought was pretty cheap for what he was maybe asking. So that was my big concern. It was like, oh, maybe we actually could have done like three or four years, eight and a half, you know, or have them take a hometown discount at eight. And if the number was below that, then that's just sad. And it just shows that he didn't want to be here, even though he talks about like wanting to be there. So until any information or if that ever comes out, we'll probably never know. Yeah. So. I I, th- I don't know if it was true or not, but I think I heard a rumor that it was like seven by seven and a half was the last offer the Canuck gave him. So he kind of took the extra mill an extra year. And I think he was honestly just had enough of Vancouver. I like I think he's media trained enough to give the media and the Canucks fan base what they want of I thought I would be a Canuck for life. But I just don't think the ownership and management made the moves that he was wanting to, like, go on a run. And, like, Canucks never built that cup contender that he wanted to be a part of. Not saying that the Islanders are that, but I think they're in a better position to do that than Vancouver is now. And for the eight years, he's going to be there. So I figured that, like, I'm going to go back on the East Coast, be close to New York, be in a better win now situation and I'm going to be making more money for an extra year. I may as well stay, stay put where I am. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's certainly not the first or last example of a player player in a hot Canadian market electing to go to a quieter market when they sign their big deal. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau just did it. Matthew Kachuk just did it. This is not uncommon. Like he's probably relishing the ability to go somewhere where it's not quite as red hot. Yeah. Um, I I think he's happy to be there too. He's never looked happier than when he scored that goal, but I don't think he wanted out of Vancouver at all. I really don't. He was a great leader here. Yeah. He liked being here. They didn't pay him. They signed someone else. They kind of forced and his And he's hand. got a young family. They sent him somewhere. He said, hey, I don't want this to happen again. I want to raise my kids. So he signs eight years right away yeah. with a team mm-hmm. that valued him. Yeah. They offer yeah. him that money. And it's not just a million dollars. And, and you know, you take into the eight years. It's an extra mm-hmm. million, extra million and a half every single year. Yeah. It's over $10 million right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he wanted out at all. Like if they would have gave him that contract, even after signing JT, I think he signs it 100%. He didn't trade himself. Yep. He never said it. And I know you're saying he's media training that, but I just think he's a genuine guy. And, yeah, that's fair. But I think in six months, he's going to be like, Hey, I'm kind of glad I'm here now. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think if the offers were on the table, like I think he was committed to this, the team that drafted him, there's like, there's meat on that bone, but with everything that happened is kind of like, you know, I related the example I think of is Jordan Eberle, mm-hmm. who it was a different example because Eberle was struggling at the end of his time with Edmonton and the Islanders pounced on him and he actually slowly resurrected his career and it yeah. started in Long Island. This is the second time They've kind of like swooped in and grabbed someone from a like hot Canadian market and we'll see what happens. But like they've done this before. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking because Horvat, he got drafted in 2013, made the playoffs in 2015, went through a rough patch, right? Got to the bubble with high hopes, like at least just like revving off of a high and then shit went down 
hill again. And he's probably like, I don't want to like get my hopes up and then go through this again. Like he said, he's like, I don't want to go through like another rebuild or dumb retool that they're talking about. So like his heart and his mind were probably in two different spots. His heart was with Vancouver, but he's probably like, I don't want to go through this again as much as I love this place. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's like you said, Scott, like he's probably in the summer, he's going to be like, I think he just wants to play playoff hockey. And I think the Islanders are closer to playing that more consistently than Vancouver is if New York makes the right moves. That At day. least in the short term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like you said, it's an extra 10 schmilly and playing in New York, being in the Manhattan area and being like just over a stone's throw away from his family in Toronto or Ontario, that is wherever he's based out of. Then I think that helps a lot with just like his proximity to the people close to him mm -hmm. for sure so definitely a lot easier geographically no 100 percent. and so yeah congrats to new uh to Bo. he does look really happy there he got that standing ovation horvat chant from new york fans which is probably was huge for him mm -hmm. um canucks never really like had that <laughs> we don't have that really fan base here we're kind of like hypocrites when it comes to that <laughs> i'll be honest the canucks fans are pretty pretty dog shit but <laughs> like we never really gave him that like we loved him but we never expressed it in that standing ovation yeah. type and it was York that like unconditional it. love that wasn't always yeah. like shown yeah <laughs> and, and yeah yeah he's and probably like, someone who really appreciates something like that too yeah and like new energy new team he's probably having a great time right now and i wish him the best of luck like yeah. i'm still a Bo horvat guy and i'm kind of adapted to be a new islanders guy now because I, I still love horvat i wish we signed him over miller but yeah in hindsight it was probably best to move on from both with the status of or the state where the Canucks are right now. It was probably best to move on from both and get assets and rebuild. But we live in the future. Um, moving on, we're, we're staying with signings. Uh, Dylan Cousins signed seven years, $7.1 million. Uh, the NHL in general has kind of gone the direction of betting on your young guys early. New York did it. Minnesota did it. Buffalo's done it now. What are you, uh, Scott, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the Cousins 7x7 seven seven one? It's, yeah, it's just what you said. They're betting on the young guys early. He's had a great year. He's not like a cup-winning 2C yet. Certainly looks like he's going to be. You know, it's the same thing they did with Thompson, and he, I don't think he's going to explode like Thompson. Nobody thought Thompson was going to explode like Thompson, but I think he will be a solid top-of-the-lineup center. And I said this on this podcast at the start of the year to you two, that they're going to be the best team in the league soon. Yeah. And they're going to be. And they might not make the playoffs this year. They probably won't. If that Devin Levi's legit, like Rasmus Dahlin's going to be the best defenseman in the league or second best to Makar in the next couple of years. Like they're just stacked. They have so many guys that aren't doing anything yet. Like mm -hmm. Paterka and a bunch of young guys, Jack Quinn. Like the team's absolutely loaded. They're going to be so good. And yeah, it's just gonna take a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like it's almost a little rich for my blood on paper right now. Even though I love Cousins because I followed him for a while. I actually have him on my keeper league team. Dauber prospects had always like always had him ranked really high, and I like I like the player a lot. And like they're just hoping that he blossoms into what that contract will be. For right now, his point total doesn't like really reflect seven one to me, but it it certainly could with time. And and like this is a trend with all sports i mean like the braves are doing it in bait like this is like this is a new theory and it's not just the nhl 
pouncing on these young guys, getting them locked up, and just hoping, hoping they outperform their current contract. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Because like even like Ottawa, Ottawa did it with Josh Norris, uh, Stutzel as well. They're because with the cap going up, these contracts are going to be bargains in the next couple of years, right? And Jack Hopefully. and Jack Hughes, <laughs> they bet him, they bet on him like decently early. Like he had like a decent year. They signed him to what like just over eight million maybe. And now he's on pace for like over a hundred points this year. He has like seventy, and like after the All Star break, he just scored his seventeenth goal in fifteen games. Like the kid's a rock star, and they have him for eight million for the next seven years. Like that's he's already worth more than that right now, right? So I think that's the new wave of betting on them early, and I think that's bringing it back to the Canucks. They made that mistake of like waiting until the contracts were up. It's coming biting in the ass, but mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the NHL betting on the young stars early? It's uh, key to success, seeing it now more than ever in the last handful of years, right? And certain teams are still kind of behind of finishing out a contract, then doing it, rather than restructuring or just totally making a new contract for the player and it's funny because the entry level contracts are so they're actually i think they're a really good idea because you sign them for cheap they play for good you see if they have anything boom pounce on them right early then and there and it's not like a a wait for three to four years and then make an extension at your third year you can do it anytime yeah it's pretty sick yeah yeah, it's like not like NFL players who have like a high ego from college and they're holding out before they even play a game in the NFL. Like Quinn and Williams did that or something like that. Like when he got drafted, it's like, dude, you haven't played a snap and you're holding out your rookie contract. Like mm-hmm. that shouldn't even happen. They should just have like set contracts. And yeah, 900K isn't a lot, but you're probably going to be making that right out of your entry level contract if you play good enough. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what these guys are doing. So. I, I like the move. It makes sense. It's a high risk, but potential high reward. Um, Pedersen and Hughes have been assigned A's and are a part of the rotation. Uh, four A's now. They're probably not going to sign a captain until next season. Do you guys have a judgment on who's going to be the next captain in Vancouver? It's going to be Pedersen. Like, it just is. Yeah. He's, you know, next to Bowie's the best leader on the team, and he's starting to do it even more with his play. He's not just putting up points. He's hitting guys. He's defending this year. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Quinn Hughes is great, but I don't know if he just has that presence even in his game. Quarters Pedersen's a quiet guy. They're both quiet guys. You don't need to be allowed to be a captain, but I think Pedersen plays louder, and I think he's, you know, he's the face of the franchise now. Yeah. It's the right move. No, I agree. They've been grooming him for that. And even, I think, if anything, um, Hughes' comments, you know, regarding the injury, who knows how the franchise internally viewed that. If, whether that was like a, a boon to his stock as a captain or maybe that was like, yeah, well, that's, we're going with Patterson because those kind of comments are, you know, yeah. volatile. You kind of make those comments when you have to see. Totally, <laughs> totally. So it's it was kind of like, I, I, th- I thought about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. To me, it's Patterson because that plays into it a little bit. Yeah, because like alluding to Scott there, you don't have to be vocal to be a captain. Like McDavid isn't vocal, but... You see in his plays, like he is the energy source for that team. Like he gets everyone going. He facilitates Pedersen. He's starting, like I'm starting to see him in Selkie votes this year on some people's ballots throughout Twitter and everything like that. And I don't know how valid those 
people are, but they have a check mark beside their name. And like, I th- like one of my predictions from when he got drafted or after the first couple of years was that he was going to be a Selkie nominee or win a Selkie in his career because I've seen the defensive efforts from him. And I think that screams captain from like what he's done over the past year and a half, especially. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of on the same boat? Or do you kind of because there's been some people saying that the next captain of the of the Canucks isn't on the team right now. Uh, see, like that one is kind of a hard stretch for me because how are you going to bring someone in and preach almost integrity and then give a captain to someone who just comes in? Maybe if it was someone who was on the team or previously, like I don't know, but how are you going to do that? I think it has to be Pedersen or Hughes. I can see it going either way. I think both are good, but I definitely would give the nod to PD because Scott alluded to it's just see it more in his play. And I think they might do like the Brady Kachuk style of extension captain right away because it's like it was one incentive of Brady staying in Ottawa. It was like, hey, well, because like Thomas Shabbat was like, I was pretty disappointed I didn't get it kind of thing. But it's Mm -hmm. like we needed to keep Brady somehow. Maybe the captain was the carefully leverage. dangled carrot. Yeah. So if <laughs> Patterson is like questionable about the future, but he will be captain of the team, maybe that swings him to signing on to six to eight years. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. But I I think he's going to be the next captain. Hopefully, maybe they throw a curveball, keep Myers, and make him captain. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, you wanted him out? No. <laughs> no, instead of a uh, yeah. curveball, it's a splitter. They yeah. keep Demko and make Demko a new captain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Second goalie captain. Crazy. Um, yeah, I didn't know about Jack Hughes um, tearing it up as of late. Buffalo's just, they've won nine of their last 11. They were on eight of the last 10 before the All-Star break. They Do you think this team's for real? The Devils, do you think once they hit playoffs, like they are capable of going on a run, or do you think they're more of a one-and-done type of squad? Yeah, I don't think they're there yet. They got a lot of talent, but I'm not confident in their goaltending. They don't really have a ton of guys who have legitimate playoff experience. And the East is just loaded. Like, they're not Mm -hmm. beating Boston. They're not beating Carolina. You know, they might win a round, but that's it. Like, they're going to play the Rangers right now. Not an easy matchup. No, I think I like the Rangers more on paper. They have more experience. Like, that'll be an awesome series, Mm -hmm. too. Like, you know, that... Northeastern right there, New York type battle. But, yeah, they're not beating the top teams. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, like, we all know the brand of hockey changes significantly come playoff time. I think I related to the Kraken, too, in the West, where it's like, I really am curious to see how these teams look when it gets to, like, grind it out in the corners, seven games. I don't know if the Devils are actually suited for that like brand of playoff hockey, but we'll see maybe it's like a cinderella run but typically the formula is get in there you know get some reps under your belt in the in the playoffs and then come back next year retool and, and get after it i mean like that's we've seen that time and time again but you never know it's uh just i haven't seen quite enough of that even though they can score yeah i agree i think they're too young no 100 because i think they're ahead of their uh timeline right now because i don't think they were expecting to be definitely yeah um this level. So I think they I don't think they do much at the deadline. I think they just kind of see where they're at, see where they're at in terms of playoffs. If they lose, I think making playoffs is as is a successful season and then they adapt at the in the off season to see what more they can do, see where they're at, maybe make the changes they need to become a more yeah. playoff team and then 
they'll maybe have their rookies come in like Luke Hughes, Simon Nemich, if they're not moved for more solidified assets. But um, yeah, I, I think, think it's just like the ultimate litmus test is you get to the playoffs and then the brand of hockey gets really heavy and physical. And then you kind of know what do we actually need to like mm-hmm. make that push? Like yeah. we've gotten to this first phase, but you have to get there and, and, and see where you're at. So you never know, but I, I'm not betting on the devils to go all the way, but we'll see. They're a fun team to watch. Like I think Jack Hughes, I think he's going to be a heart candidate this year. And I think he is. Oh, yeah, he is. And there's plenty of guys, but there's really, there's not candidates. It's just it's McDavid. McDavid. Yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> there's several guys like you could talk with Who Carlson and Robertson, years. like these guys in some years would win it. Mm-hmm. And it should be unanimous mm-hmm. McDavid, no matter just like what anyone race. else does at this point. Yeah. Like, it just, it's it's like, just, I've never seen anything like it actually. He's having a heart mm-hmm. level season, but he's in no way a heart candidate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. watching a horse race, not realizing that the first place horse has like done two laps already. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, wow, like it's those... almost a waste of a year to have yeah. this good like to be good this season because McDavid's it's funny going into the All-Star break, NHL made a graphic of team leaders by points, like which player has the most points on each team. It was like 60, 58, 47. 65 90 and second place was is dry sidle with yeah. like 72 like he has like a 20 point lead on second it's like okay dry sidle bet him like he's like you have to score 60 this year mcdavid's like okay <laughs> now he's at like 45 or something it's like well, what's going on here man like matthew scores 60 once everyone says matthew's over mcdavid and mcdavid's like all right, bet I need to score sixty in order to claim first. Yeah. I'll just do that next year. Yeah, it's it's insane what he's doing. Um, the All Star Weekend was this past weekend. It was kind of like usual. It was pretty cringe, and they were trying too hard. There wasn't any motivation from the players during the competition. Patterson took home hard a shot. Um, did you guys catch any of the festivities over the All Star Weekend? <laughs> I had it on at times. Yep. Yeah, I did. I, I tried to pay attention. I, I honestly, I take it for what it is. There were elements I liked. I liked the dunk tank competition. I actually, I honestly thought that was kind of fun. I, I kind of enjoyed that, but I'm a sucker for some of that stuff. Like I'm not like a huge critic. I'm not going to get on Twitter and like bash it. Like they're doing their best unless they make some really fundamental like changes to the format. Like it is what it is. Yeah. No, that's right. That happy Gilmore part though with Pasternak was one that's of the bad. worst. Was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I didn't see it. it oh, no, you don't want to see it. Yeah, bad. I didn't watch much of it, and but I kind of agree with you. I watched it like a little bit of it was on the background, but like it's a bunch of 20, 30, 40 year old men complaining about it because it's not as good as when we were ten years old. It's because you're not ten years old. Man. Mm-hmm. It's for kids to enjoy seeing these guys interact and do dumb shit mm-hmm. like. See them in like shorts and a t-shirt. Like it humanizes the athletes. Like I get where they're coming from. The NHL needs to get better at this. So like I'm kind of all for it, but there needs to be a better balance of like, okay, it's fun for the new demographic that you're trying to grab. But like for the people who have been here consuming your product forever, like what's in it for those like hardcore fans? Like even if they don't attend the like cheesiness where's the balance so that this is like you can play to both sides right it's yeah. it's hard to achieve i don't have the answer <laughs> but as like someone who loves the sport it's 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 an optional viewing event right now mm-hmm. 
for sure. It's just funny seeing Nick Suzuki win free Chipotle for a year and yeah. there's no Chipotle in Montreal or Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> Goes down like and like on a seven game road trip. Yeah. It's like, okay, hey guys, where the fuck is the Chipotle? <laughs> I gotta use this voucher. <laughs> One thing I did like about the All Star break and like the uh, the like the best part I think was seeing Sergey Ovechkin. Yeah, that was cute. Like yeah. I. Yeah, but then yeah. I also saw someone, like a past goalie or something, blow up on the fact that he's Russian and like they're oh, celebrating. Yeah. yeah, and it's like this wasn't the kid born in Florida or something? Yeah. Like he's an American oh. citizen, like you know? Making it political. Oh, I know. And it's just like, how? Why are you gonna try and do this over something that should be? It's just like a celebrated. hockey moment. That yeah, thought, like that thought never yeah. crossed my mind. I'm it's like, it's it's Ovechkin moment. and Crosby going on a breakaway with Ovechkin's son. Yeah, yeah take like it for that. That's Not, so take, awesome. Uh, yeah. He's been doing that the whole time, though. Hasek. Like he, he has been. He wasn't gonna let. He was trying to not let the Russians go to the games over there, the preseason, and the like. The Sharks played the Nashville, Nashville in Prague, mm-hmm. and he tried to say like they're banning uh, Russian players. And then David Quinn, Sharks coach, came out and said, "Well, we're not going if our Russians can't go." Yeah, you know, and like, what are you? Who are you gonna blame? Like these kids are, you know, or these guys are twenty five year olds have nothing to do with politics. Yeah, I'm sure none of them even really care. care. A right. lot of them. Focus more on their well, actual they don't profession. Come out and denounce the government. Like I hate talking about the shit, uh, but it's like, how, who, what do you expect them to do, man? Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. it's not are, their people job. People are coming like, to sports to get away from that stuff. If you're yeah. gonna use your platform as an athlete to like make a change in the world and do things like that, that's great, good for you. But it is not your fucking job at all, and you shouldn't be required to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, no, I agree. Bill Burr had a he was on like Conan O'Brien or something like that, and say say what you want about Bill Burr, he's one of those comedians where he's suck in the past and you're maybe rides any line that like some people who easily get offended ride and uh he was talking about how politics and sports has kind of crossed over and he was like pissed about it he's like i've watched sports to try and get away from this stuff and it's just continuously getting in the way of it and like he went on a complete rant but um no i agree i don't think he has like had any business of bringing that up for a segment that was supposed to be yeah. lighthearted. Uh, yeah, two of the best to ever do it, Novechkin and Crosby, who are on the back nine of their career. His son is going to go on a breakaway with them, and you're bringing it into politics. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But um, the first slate of games brought us some excitement uh, with the Rangers and Flames. That was one of the Games of the year, in my opinion. There's a total of 62 penalty minutes given out. <laughs> um, Jacob Truba was a wrecking ball that evening. He put Kadri into next week. Yeah, Kadri yeah. did blow up this year. He got oh, blown up. Yeah. Yeah. His bucky got oh blown up. Oh, my gosh. It was <laughs> sent to next Saturday. And Kadri came out and said it was a perfectly clean hit, and he just got up, dusted it off. Brett, me and you had this conversation about responding to clean hits, but... Um, I don't know if you got it, Scott. Like, I don't know if you tuned no. into any of the game or okay. But. So the clean hit thing, the Dubé one when you lit up Dubé on the blue line. Okay, that's stupid. He has to fight for that one. Your player gets hit like Kadri gets hit. You fight that guy. I don't care if it's a clean hit. My guy just got absolutely killed. That's a, different than just an, your average nice hit. That's the biggest hit in the NHL in the past like six years. Like especially with the way the tensions were in that game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Dubé had already been laid out by Truba himself, and so was probably already pissed at the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want one of my star players getting hit like that and nobody responding to it. I do hate, mm-hmm. you know, having to fight for any clean hit out there. 
that hit wasn't just any clean hit. They, that was one of the biggest hits in modern day hockey history. <laughs> it might be the biggest one we see for five years. Yeah, like that's, that's fair. I'm not letting my eight nine million dollar forward get hit like that. I don't care. You're the coach wouldn't allow it. Yeah, like it. it, it the culture. I hope. I I certainly would hope that like. And we had this conversation where it's like a transfer of energy in hockey, right? Where like Truba's going out there, and he's making that hit, knowing I'm doing this to like spark the boys let's go and like that is it forces the other team's hands so it's this it's I and it screwed them too they, they got an instigator penalty the rangers scored yeah on yeah, it, yeah. And the rangers won the game by one goal like, totally it did screw them but but at the end of the day it's like that's what truba is doing for his squad and if the flames like if someone doesn't respond there the rangers were guilty of that we talked about it last pod i was on with you boys where they didn't respond appropriately when mm -hmm. they were getting pushed around bad look right so i think it's like yeah, Truba's got, but Truba has to know if he's throwing a big bomb like that. Like, you can't just do it and, like, expect to just walk to this, like, penalty yeah. box. Like, especially with Truba's reputation. Yeah. Like, he's had some questionable hits in the past. I can't point him out exactly, but everyone knows, like, his intention is to lay the yeah. big body. And the so. reality is, he got Dubé. He looked great in that whole exchange. Like, Truba's a win. Like, that was a big win in my book. Like, to me, it's like, he, he yeah. ended up fighting Dubé. He's like, he got a foot and a half on the guy. Yeah. He beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an honest day. It was an honest day's work with Dubé. Yeah, that's his contract fulfilled right there. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was an exciting game. Came down to the wire. Lafreniere got a seventh of the season, but... No, it was yeah, it was exciting. Markstrom absolutely demolished his stick on the yeah. on the post. That... I think I think he got a misconduct or like a, he got that was one of the ten minutes is for doing that at the end. Of the he game. he made some great was, saves down the yeah. stretch of the Rangers. That, were well, really that pressing. initial that initial save in overtime he made off. Yeah, that kick Mika, like mm -hmm. that, that yeah. slid to the right and the shot was going to the left. Yeah, he made nice a great save, save and then his. Def defense sold on him crashed into each other and laughed at <laughs> yeah, like clown car like, yeah i'm pissed if i'm markstrom too it's like boys i'm totally. fucking doing all i can standing on my know. head and the only way to score is you for you are, to take me out yeah you guys yeah. are running into each other and like yeah. i'm left here by on my own i always love when two teams that don't play each other all that often get together and just like it's like boom like fireworks yeah. i always love almost that. seemed like, like a rivalry game that game yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like, if, that's like if that's a rangers if that's a rangers Islanders game. It's like a 3-1 boring Rangers yeah. win or something like that. But this one was like... And coming out of the All-Star break is like every excuse in the up. world to be flat. And everyone mm -hmm. came out and was just like, we're going we're gonna to bang tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like what I was saying about the Rangers-Devil series, and I thought this after I saw that, I'm like, Truba's going to lay someone out like that in that Devil series. And it's going to be insane. Yeah. Well, if he gets like, Jack Hughes with his head down. Oh. Ooh. Oh God. He might get suspended. For Lindy Ruff will be out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lindy Ruff will be toe to toe with him. 100%. Vitek Vanacek is going to drop the net to Skate up to the red line. Oh, God. That, yeah. Truba in the playoffs. If he gets a hold of any young buck on the Devils, that'll be crazy. Uh, Jamie Benn plays his 1,000th NHL game. Uh, player Teammates honored him by uh, taping his stick the same way. Goofy tape job like Jamie Benn always has. He uh, famously won the Art Ross with 87 points like <laughs> seven years ago or something like that. Uh, thoughts on Jamie Benn as a player? Brad, I'll go to you. I've always been kind of a Benn fan. I've always, like, I remember starting fantasy hockey and he was just like a big, big name. Also, my, uh, my wife grew up in Victoria and she would see him at the bars all the time. 
um, just wheeling, dealing, just honey. wheeling out there, yeah. just <laughs> greasing yeah. out there. So yeah, well, I was kind of big Ben, and like when he and Sagan were like dominating, um, they were fun. Like I, I have no qualms with Ben and his style of play, Canadian guy. Yeah, Scott, do you have any opinion yeah, on I love Jamie him. Ben? I love him too. He's slowed down, but. Like there's a time five, six years ago where he was one of two or three guys in the league that, you know, can do everything, can hit, can fight, can lead a team, oh, yeah, can score goals, can win be a, a game playmaker. on his own. Yeah. There's very few players that can do that. And nobody really does it like him now, but the guys you're looking at are guys like, you know, like Timo Meyer, who's a power forward who hits and has physicality and scores goals. Brady Kachuk. Yeah, Brady Kachuk. There's not that many of them anymore. And they don't Brady is a little more similar to Ben, but now it's kind of transitioned into these, you know, speed power forwards. Yeah. Because you just, you got to be quick. But, that you know, that old school Jerome McGinley type player. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, he's awesome. And I am really happy that that team's doing good this year. I love their vets. Young guys are sick. I think, like, they remind me of the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Mm. Like, just kind of this, you know, this new young star taking over this team that you didn't expect. You knew he was good. And, you know, and Jason Robertson could be like the... uh Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. you know, this young player that kind of came out of nowhere to be way better than he thought he was going to be. And they still got just solid pieces all over the roster. Yeah. Like, they I could see them. Guy. And they that remember that series against Calgary last year, how good they played? And, like, Calgary was so good. Yeah. Like, that, I could see that team coming out of the West because nobody in the West is really that good right now. Yeah. Right? The Especially four best with, teams might be in the East. Yeah. yeah. Especially so, with, like, the, yeah. the West hasn't been healthy at all this year like colorado's battled like Mm -hmm. their stars have been out for like weeks at a time like mckinnon he was out for almost like a month same with mccarr he was out for a while too rentman's the only one who's been able to maintain his health throughout the year yeah right st louis has been down vegas is battling injuries with mark stone now and jack eichel like should be noted that like mcdavid and dry saddle healthy the whole time we're not talking as about the oilers as any kind of lock or anything yeah Yeah, like they're they're battling for bedard without those two guys right now (laughs) right like there's no lock in the west right now and i so i totally agree with you and like you say jeremy ben slowed down but i think him playing with robertson this year is like almost gave him a resurgence because he's been playing unbelievable this year yeah and he's like up nearly a point per game like he's doing really good and seeing him hit a thousand games is huge for the dallas momentum as a whole and to have each level of their team having a star like robertson heisken and ottinger that's a healthy thing to build around and you mm-hmm. got rupe hints as well oh, rupe it's like joe pavelski yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that guy has yeah. been aging like fine wine just tipping in yeah. pucks in front of the nest crazy but yeah, no, Dallas is looking really good yeah. this year. But yeah. yeah, Ben, I mean, he's Victoria. I think he's Victoria boy. Yeah, Victoria boy, yeah. So, hell yeah. Like, anytime Canadian-born, you know, West Coast, great career. Yeah. Awesome. Gold medalist as well yep. in 2014. So, yeah, no, shout out to Jamie Ben. Uh, Panthers trounced the Lightning 7-1. <laughs> uh, Kachuk and Verhage combined for nine points. Trade's looking nice for Florida, hey? Yeah, Kachuk is a yeah, dog. Kind of. I mean, it's hard to say because the team kind of stinks. But <laughs> Kachuk has as many points as uh, Huberto and Kadri combined right now. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, you're happy to have Maddie Kachuk there, and hopefully they can get some going. But they got almost nothing in the pipeline other than Lundell, who's already in the NHL. And 
they're screwed with their goalie contracts for a few years. Like, mm-hmm. there is a honest thought that that team might not contend for Kachuk's entire contract. Like, that's yeah. possible. Yeah. Because they gave all their picks last year when they tried to go on a run. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've done it for a couple of years now. They did it for Giroux, and they did it for uh, Sherratt. Yeah. Like... Smaller market team, whoops. like, really doing yeah. their... you got to give them credit for really giving it an honest shot, yeah. you know, for a smaller market. And they broke up the whole gang, though, and, like... Yeah, Hubert, so quick. Hubert Barkov was yeah. one of the best pairings in the NHL for several years. Totally. And they like, broke it all apart. The coaching, it, yeah. Uyghur and, Uyghur and Ekblad, too. Ekblad's not even close to the same player without Uyghur next to him. Yeah. And yeah. it's just funny that and Weger hasn't been great as a too. flame. No, yeah. he hasn't. I know it's, it's like <laughs> somehow each other. that was such a lose lose trade. So yeah, like both teams are worse, and Matty Kachuk's having the best season <laughs> ever, and both teams are worse. So like, strange. Yeah, it is really weird how that trade worked out. It's the two ex flames down there, Bennett and Kachuk, having <laughs> great years. Thank God I have them both in my fantasy team because when those two hit on a night, whew, yeah, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a big Bennett guy too. But it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully the Panthers can hit this little mini, mini window they've committed to because I've always kind of had a low-key, you know, I like the Panthers. I'd love to see them win. Ever since they made that magical run, I was just a kid growing up and they were playing the Avalanche in the cup final. And they had the old logo. The 3D uh, Panthers. I, yeah. So yeah. I've always kind of dug the Panthers. Yeah. I want to see them. They're, when they're good, their stadium goes from 33% fill to 56% fill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can just never fill up a stadium. <laughs> yeah. There's been yeah. rumors of them going to Quebec City, Houston, Kansas City maybe. If they ever were to move. But, yeah, they're not moving that team out of Florida. Jacob Magna traded to the Kraken for a fourth-round pick. What are your thoughts on that, Scotty? We kind of talked about it a bit, but quickly cover it yeah okay well oh, of course i watch a lot of sharks games and that's one of the few trades mike greer's made that was really solid jacob magna spent nine years in the ahl he's recently became an nhl player he's 30 years old and they turned him into a fourth round pick like that guy wasn't making he didn't make 30 rosters for nine years he had like less than 50 games played or something before this year in the nhl and fourth-round pick is what it is. We're probably not going to get anything good for it, but that's just good asset management. And he's a big body who's a reliable guy that you just know what you're going to get from him every day. Right? He's six foot six. He's been playing next to Carlson on year, all year, doing literally nothing but just <laughs> making an okay breakout pass. like Off the glass and out. Not even. You put it on Carlson's stick. You can't be off the glass in an out when you got Carlson next year. we got to get some offense going. Respect, respect. But he's basically done nothing all year, but he was also plus six. On a Sharks team that had has no plus players. Like, I know plus minus is what it is, but he's playing, like, 18 minutes a night and never played in the NHL before. He's going to go be a third-pairing D-man. So, yeah, I think it's an overpay considering he's never really been an NHLer, but the Sharks did this with Jake Middleton last year, who actually is the exact same thing. Didn't make the NHL till 26, played next to Carlson. We traded him for a friggin' uh, Capel Kacknin at the deadline. Exact same thing. Carlson yeah. just keeps getting them depth players and picks because you put a guy who won't fuck around, just, hey, just don't do anything. Don't screw up. Yeah, just don't make him. He mistake. did the same thing with Mark Mathot in Ottawa, who was better than both of these guys. But yeah. he literally just put a big defender next to him and let him do his thing, and it's getting them picks. Scott Harrington went next to him last game, scored a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He actually went off Gadjevich's like, shoulder at the end, like, grazed his jersey, but... That guy was on a PTO, wasn't even in the NHL for years. And he's playing first pair with Carlson and he gets a point right away. Like, yeah. Yeah. So 
He should be a good big body guy. And yeah, because the flip side, like the Kraken, is just like all of a sudden they're in a spot where they're just acquiring depth for their playoff run. Like, like this is the kind of moves I think the Kraken are going to be making because they love their chemistry. They love their room. So it's like, it's, it is probably an overpay, but it's like the Kraken are probably just like, whoa, we're in this position and all we need are some depth pieces and we actually feel good entering yeah. the playoffs. So mm-hmm. um, crazy that Seattle is like feeling like that as an organization. Yeah. These are moves that I think like teams like Boston will be making because like Boston with what they're going right now, you don't want to add anything too big. that's going to fuck with the chemistry. But like, if you add just like these depth pieces, like if, Boston made like a trade for Luke Shen or something just to add some depth to the blue line in case someone went down. Luke Shen's a good fifth to seventh yeah. defenseman for any contending lots, team. Lots of teams that plays the big body, any fourth line forward or something. I think that's what like contending teams, especially with the tight cap this year before it goes up. Yeah. There's going to be making these small depth moves yeah. that will could benefit rebuilding teams, but could benefit a contending team. Yeah, definitely could. Kind of like that. Uh, to, uh, last note here I got, um, funny report came out. Mason McTavish texts Bedard after every loss talking about their draft lottery odds. (laughs) (laughs) This is a minor thing. Uh, I I don't know how to elaborate more on that. I just thought it was funny. Bedard's probably like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to go to Anaheim, (laughs) but he probably wants to be a Canuck some, for some reason, but. We'll see. I just thought that was funny. I've heard rumblings and rumors that like Batman will just find a way to like not, yeah, not have the Hawks take Bedard because he just hates. I think he's going to be a coyote. Hates Bedard. the whole thing. I think Bedard will be a coyote. They're, they need to find reason to keep them in Arizona. Yeah. It, so. like If that happens, I think it'll like all, some alarm bells will go off because, yeah, he just. They don't need to do anything anymore, though. I get it. Everyone, that's not a hot take by any means, right? Like, everyone's no. thinking that whole, everyone's oh, Bedard like, to Arizona. We thought it all year, at least before the year, how bad we thought they were going to be. And now, you know, they're hovering around there. And they're not as bad as we thought. But they already got their arena deal, don't they? So they're stuck there for at least a while. They don't need them anymore. It's like, that. that's done, is it not? And like, the, and Tempe? I, I, I didn't think the final vote has happened. It's projected to go through. Okay. Well, if it's but, not done, then I... I like that idea. Then maybe he will rig it for that to happen. But if that arena deal is done, hey, he's already done his job. The money's already coming in. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's just like the whole being able to fill up a stadium and just the hockey um, atmosphere down in Arizona. He says they get viewership. Uh, I don't know the whole entire <laughs> like deep dive specul like specs and advanced analytics on viewership out of Arizona. But I think just getting Bedard will bury the conversation of moving them despite the arena deal and that's true but there's also places like san jose who aren't selling tickets columbus is going to be yeah. like, you save arizona what if you lose you're going to lose one of those markets with how bad they are like sharks are getting yeah, freaking yeah. eight thousand fans a game when they sold out for a decade plus like, yeah why keep them there after four more years mm-hmm. of this yeah like, well and the reality is because they've proven that they can if they're good, yeah. They, they've proven that they can sell out a barn and be good, and they're just in the midst of a rebuild, whereas Arizona, even when they were a playoff team, they weren't fucking selling out an arena. Yeah. Which is what I'm saying. The reason I don't buy it is because the NHL seen like when a market like Chicago is succeeding, it's a huge cash flow into their mark into their product, like jerseys, like it's an original six. Like yeah. 
I also, I just don't buy that as much as I've heard those rumblings. It's just like, mm, actually, if Bedard went to Chicago, that's not a bad thing for the NHL. That's like, think of how many jerseys just alone, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think the whole Patty Kane passing the torch to Bedard. Yeah. And like, I think there's like this two, two lenses, right? Like, one would be like, Bettman hates that for some reason because the Hawks are like trying to like skirt this system that Bettman has put in place to like, deter this kind of activity but at the same time it would be good for their product at the end of the day i think so we'll see yeah well i think that about wraps it up with uh hockey hayden let's uh let's talk about some football and let's go on to the main event of the episode which is the super bowl preview Woo. hey i want to kick us off bud does anyone know the uh the fox intro off by heart right now <laughs> oh, i l- always lose track so since fox is obviously uh gonna be the uh, the viewership or the broadcast i feel like it was only right to just bring up the first big thing Tom Brady, mm. how left side heavy of it was it, Jeff, for uh, us to upload an episode? Us, and, then... and then big news happens on the Wednesday, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, it was funny because the last time that happened where big news released, it was the last time Brady announced his retirement. Yeah. <laughs> we uploaded an episode and then Brady announced his retirement that same day. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure we recorded like a Monday Brian, or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And then like Brian Flores uh that lawsuit came yep. out the same day so we did an episode of that and funny enough a year later the same fucking thing happened we <laughs> upload an episode brady announces retirement he's paying attention to the show yeah, sure <laughs> he knows he's clearly he's a listener yeah <laughs> he knows he just likes to make sure that we uh really relish in the fact of his whole career which We've already done the whole spiel of it. Um, Even Gronk came out and said that. He's like, Tommy, I'm not giving you another paragraph. (laughs) Yeah, literally. But, I mean, we haven't heard either of your guys' opinion on Brady. Obviously, someone who's played against Brady, someone who's watched Brady. Scott, how do you feel about Brady officially retiring? Cross my fingers. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my thoughts on Brady have just stopped since he left the Patriots, it's sad for the NFL as a whole. Mm-hmm. I haven't been rooting for him for the last three years, but I also haven't rooted against him. I'm not like that butthurt that I'm going to be like, fuck this guy. I hope he loses. Yeah. But at the same time, if he wins a game, it does not make me happy in any way. I'm That's a Patriots fair. fan, and I'm now that he's retired, I can kind of become a fan of him again. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? And kind of think back because I'm just like, I'm just so... I love the Patriots so much. I don't even give a shit what anyone else is doing in the league. Yeah. But yeah, it's sad for the NFL. He was, you know, the most successful player in the history of probably professional sports. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of scared for post career Brady. We saw his little uh, mirror pick. Yeah, his yeah, Jesus posted Christ. the other day. Um, he's gonna do some weird shit in the next 10, 15 years. <laughs> uh, Tom like, Cruise stuff. Like I don't know what it's gonna be. He's gonna. How be much in, work do you think he's gonna get done on the face? Oh, it's already so bad, man. Oh my god, it's already too much. I, I had some good jokes about that earlier this season, <laughs> but I can't think of them right now. <laughs> but Scott's just randomly blurred him out. Yeah. Preview that <laughs> I said to my buddies in fantasy chat, I'm like, I think I heard that's why Giselle left him is because it was like body modification obsession. Oh. Nothing, nothing to do with, uh, you know, ditching her for 20 years to play football. Well, I think but, that's like geez. my like closing thoughts on Brady is like incredible career, obviously. Like, honestly, respect the player so much. Like, it, when he was a Patriot, I actually wasn't, like, I was not a Brady 
hater. I wasn't on that bandwagon. I was like, this is an incredible like situation in NFL, NFL history that we're like viewing right now, this dynasty mm. that was. I really didn't have like, I was getting tired of seeing them in the Super Bowl all the time, but I wasn't like hating on Brady. It wasn't until he came into the NFC South that I was kind of like, I saw more colors of him. I was like, oh, I don't love some of the things I'm seeing. <laughs> of course. Um, but like now that it's just all said and done and like him coming back this last season to me as like a hardcore Saints fan, like he could be making money in a million different ways, right? Like we all know it. Like he could be doing a trillion different things, but I do really respect that he... He did love football enough that he chose to come to football to make his money, even when it didn't make any sense. No, not this at all. last year. He still like wanted to play football. So like like tip of the cap to that kind of like athlete and like competitor. Um, yeah. but at the same time, see you later. Um <laughs> happy that the NFC South is like a just like a total tire fire now, and we'll go from here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um yeah, no, he obviously made the commitment to play to 45, and he did. And obviously a lot of speculation was just like, dude, just fucking retire, man. Like, this next year, you're not doing anything. But you never bet against him. But, I mean, like, hey, finally happened. He didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Had his worst uh, season ever in his career. Finished under 500. Thank you, 17th game. <laughs> and got absolutely mollywopped in the first round of the playoffs by a team he's never lost to. Yeah. Like, what? That is not the storybook ending on Tom Brady. Obviously, he, I think he should have retired after he won the Super Bowl in Tampa. Like, I don't think he should have come back. He no, had he should. He, he had. He had his yeah. moment into the sunset, like Peyton Manning. Yeah, did. exactly. That's why it's so awesome, though. Like what Brett said, he just loves football. He, he lo- cares yeah. if you want to see. He's too a fault. He wants to go a win fighter. another one. To a fault. He yeah. couldn't help but come. Which back. is why he's I, I the just, best. Like when he announced his retirement and came back for a year, and then announced it again. Like I don't think he should have kind of, like come out of retirement after like a month after announcing it. Like I don't think he should have come back. I think he should have just retired. And not played this year, but um, no, nah, I mean, can't fault the guy. Just crazy good, no. like best court, like he's just insane. That's, That's what we all think. Like everyone who watches sports, who covers sports, all thinks this. Oh, he shouldn't have played this year. They went eight and nine. They sucked. He, there's no way he thinks that at no. all. No, mm-hmm. well, I mean, he you went also in there see he had a hundred thousand career passing yards. Yeah, mm-hmm. hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Absolutely like, insane. Last time to check, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has like a whole season of just playoff games. Yeah. And like the Fucked. deep analytics of his season this year, like his arm strength wasn't bad. Like no. there were quarterbacks that were throwing a lot worse than him. It's just he like still finished top five. In like the this. everything, the everything in Tampa just wasn't. It just wasn't working. No, the O line was shit from the get go. Yeah. So and with a forty five year old who has been known not to be able to move, he's not mobile. Yeah. That's a recipe for disaster. And then the receivers were in and out of health and. Well, the even defense, that, like, the defense no, wasn't playing the best, and uh, there, and he just simply didn't play his best year. It was just like there's a lot of you didn't want to get hit. The ball was coming out no. even quicker than it has for someone who was notorious for getting the ball yeah. out fast. It was like really fast. Like he's like, I'm gonna throw it in the stands quick before getting yeah. sacked. Yeah, like, yeah you know, no when you're open. 45, you don't want to get smoked. No, can't blame him. Yeah, no, definitely not. But yeah, it looks like he will be taking on his Fox role in what he 
said on a podcast in 2024. Yeah, next year. Yeah, congratulations, uh, Mr. Brady. Ten years, 375 million. Yeah, just double your whole <laughs> lifetime. Career. Yeah, career earnings in one contract, basically. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> that's <insane. laughs> 375 sheets. Yeah, <sighs> for a guy who hasn't done it yet. Yeah, yeah. At least they, but he no, to his credit though he's been doing radio hits on like he did every Monday Night Football he was doing radio hits for like Westwood One and stuff like that's fair, yeah. he mm-hmm. has been slowly but transitioning. Like, he's he's not an idiot, you know. Like he's I'm been, excited to see him on TV. It, and you know he has been preparing for this, but despite. at least they gave like Romo a couple years of doing the actual like broadcast totally and stuff like that, and then they gave him his fat contract. Yeah, and now that's if a big regret. You got to do some <laughs> regional casts. You got to do some stuff, and then but yeah, Brady just red carpet, baby. This yeah. will be the only thing that could pro- uh, maybe if he went to the Jets, but. It's probably the only thing that could maybe make me hate him because I hate Tony Romo so much. <laughs> and I was indifferent about the guy before. And now I can't stand him. If he, like, there's no quicker way to make me hate you than, and I'm so overly critical. I know that job's tough and these guys work their ass off mm-hmm. at it, but I am so overly critical of sports commentators and I just got no room for it. Like, I, I like color commentators, I like people who can give insight to the game. Like, Greg Olson has become quickly one of my favorite commentators because he doesn't ride anyone's dick that's my problem with Romo. chris collinsworth tony romo and like anyone on cbs that is a color commentator how much are you riding like the all-stars quarterbacks dick man it's so annoying pats game in week 18 (sighs) romo like literally like first quarter here comes the onslaught here's the champs coming out yeah they what champs of what dude yeah. The uh, friggin' division with three fucking rookie <laughs> quarterbacks in it. Like, they haven't won anything. They've been to one AFC championship. They've never even been to a Super Bowl. Like, and he yeah. starts calling him Mr. January. What the hell has he done in January? <laughs> Up until this year, he lost every snow game he ever played in. Yeah. Played one good snow game. Mr. Yeah. January, the champs. The aliens. Drive me nuts, dude. I'm freaking out on my couch there. <laughs> and then I can't even turn off the fucking sound because I'm so mad that I have to hear what he says next so I can get more mad at him. <laughs> like, just like, just continue. Yeah. Yeah. I can sense the passion. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. no, because that's the exact same way I felt about Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Like, however many times that they would commentate a Saints game throughout 2018, yeah. drive me fucking insane. <laughs> absolutely just i wanted to murder like my pillow i i like i like joe buck but like troy aikman is slowly is slowly like becoming irrelevant like he says stuff that's just a waste of breath it's just like like, the exact same thing that buck says yeah i i told i was listening to i think it was maybe like the chiefs Bengals game or something like that and the Bengals were down and buck like teed aikman up like a commentator does about the color commentator to do his job, like go more in depth. He was like, Bengals are down by 10 here. Um, what do they need to do in order to like get back in this game or something? Like he just, Tito, I can't remember exactly. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And Aikman said, well, they're down by 10 and they need to drive 80 yards. So like getting <laughs> points here would be big. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I didn't know that. John Madden. I didn't know <laughs> Booger McFarlane was in the booth with you, Buck. It's like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know that, Aikman. Thanks for <laughs> filling me in on what Joe Buck literally just said. It's like, you're supposed to give more insight into what Joe Buck's teeing you up, not just pencil edit what Joe Buck said and then like make it longer. Yeah, Say, hey, 
can I get your homework? Yeah, just don't copy it. Just don't copy it. Just like change the words up a bit. And that's what Aikman did. So the same shit, just like change it. Yeah, Aikman's becoming irrelevant, but I still like the way Buck calls a game. Yeah, no, but, Buck, Buck is definitely a little bit better, but just Aikman just ruins it for me. But, yeah, that guy's an idiot. What were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Fox, how uh, this, yeah. Yeah, Tom Brady to Aikman. That's a, <laughs> I mean, both quarterbacks, you can make the path. Uh, but no, big Sunday plans, guys. I don't know about you, but um, I have plans of getting absolutely hammered. Uh, I want to win money, but I probably won't. Um, how are we feeling about the Super Bowl? I'm excited. It's a fun matchup. Like, you know, two good teams, and I'm genuinely excited, you know. Um, you know, I, I'll have some pops for sure. I don't have mm-hmm. anything wild on the books, but uh, some good food, some pops. And I'm you know, I'm a big Mahomes fan in general. He's my dynasty quarterback. I drafted him in the fourth round of my rookie draft. Jesus Christ. Let him sit at the be- on the bench for a year. And now, like, I'm just a huge. He's I'll, awesome. He's my guy. He's, he, he'll be my quarterback Did forever. Trubisky so. go ahead of him in that draft? And yeah. Watson. <laughs> no, but yeah. oh, in wait, his no. fantasy draft. No, oh. no, no, no. God, no. I don't oh. think so. Actually, I should check the records he went on too, that. So he might. He like, might, have. might have. Actually, you're probably dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there must be one Bears fan. Is God like? Wow, I wonder if he did. But anyway, um, from a fan perspective, I'm kind of like uh, I, 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 I'm kind of leaning Chiefs just because of that draw there. But I'm excited for the game. Yeah. Yeah, me too. This matchup's getting way too much flack because people hate Philly and people are sick of the Chiefs and everyone's like, oh, I'm not excited for this one. The teams themselves, take away the cities, take away the names. What the guys do in the field, they're Agreed. super entertaining teams. Yeah. Like, it could be one of the best Super Bowls we've ever seen, which yeah. means it's going to be like 12-9. Yeah. <laughs> Another Rams-Patriots yeah. Super Bowl yeah. incoming. Which yeah. I thought was exhilarating. Yes, fair enough. But yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I'm also a Mahomes lover. Now that the Patriots have been irrelevant for the last few years, I have been drafting him a ton in fantasy, and mm-hmm. I watch him all the time. I think he's the best in the league. And I you know, picked him for MVP, picked the Chiefs to win the whole thing from the yeah. start. Yeah. But I am the way to just flex in our face. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? That's like the hot. It's like people are going Bill, all this shit. Like, are you kidding me? That have you watched this guy for the last four years? And yeah. people are just jumping on like Herbert and Allen. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, I know. Yeah, you lost Tyree Kill. Like, so, but I will say that last few weeks, five or six weeks, Philly does look to be the better team. Maybe the competition is different, but so. That makes me even more confident in the Chiefs because I'm usually always yep. wrong. And the way I'm looking at it right now, it seems like Philly is the team, yep. which makes me be like, okay, Chiefs are going to win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think like my heart kind of leans Mahomes, but I think like the uh, Eagles pass rush is is real. And like, well, like the Eagles have a very real chance here. Like the defense, I like, I give the edge to the Eagles on the defensive side I think of the football. Oh, he's better in every For way. Sure. And then Chris um, Jones and Mahomes are the best two players. Yeah. And Philly's better in every single So way. I'm just really yeah. curious to see like what the pass rush looks like against a, I guess they came out today and said, you know, he's close to hundred percent Mahomes. So Which is absolutely incredible. we'll see what like, uh, that's to me, that's the storyline of this game is pass rush and Mahomes. Like, can he get out of that and, and do what he does best? I think a big key and what kind of Jev and I pointed to yesterday or last week, sorry, was can they account for Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick? If they can account for them, they can have a good game. They won't have a run game, but they'll have a game where it was like where it could be like Patrick Mahomes scrambles out, hits Kelsey seven, eight yards, 
now it's like third and short, you know, if you, if first down doesn't go well, because that was San Francisco's problem. And I have to believe that Andy Reid will cook something up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sirianni, like, I'm just going to say, I hate the Eagles. I, I like, <laughs> they, they've hurt me so much in the past. Their fans are cringe. Uh, <laughs> and just like, I like Hurts. I like Brown. I like the Eagles. And I do think they're the better team. But Mahomes is just different. Yeah. Jeff, like, Mahomes, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, he's, there's no point in Mahomes' game where you necessarily have him in a bad position, I think. Until he's, the whistle's blown and he's on the ground, he's never in a bad spot. Because when he's scrambling, he's dangerous. He's, like, really dangerous. If he has a clean pocket, he's dangerous. If he's just scrambling... He's like the slowest, fastest person in the fucking league. Mm-hmm. He somehow, he's, it looks like he's barely moving, but he finds a way to scamper for 18 yards yeah. untouched. Yeah. And I'm like, how does no one Kelsey looks get that him? way too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's right? insane. Especially it's like, when he's running routes. It's just like he does this jog little like, yeah. out with like no like No one's covering him. It's just like, yeah. oh, like do works. you know who that is? Like, like it looks like I can run those routes when obviously <laughs> I can't. But a lot of that, I guess, is Pat or uh, Andy Reid scheming those plays up too yeah. to confuse them and make it easy for him too. But like literally, it doesn't it look so simple? Like, it does. They make it they make it look so it was like it was like last Last year, two years ago, in that overtime game that uh, between the Bills and the Last Chiefs, year. no, two uh, years ago, yeah. Uh, when that big play to Kelsey to get him in the field goal range, Kelsey just ran up ten yards and turned around and he got the ball and he ran like twenty more yards. Yeah, and I'm and like, yeah. did you hear like the uh, like the uh, the mic mic'd up or whatever? Uh, Kelsey was just doing whatever he wanted. Well, That's Mahomes in the in the fucking uh, huddle was like, yeah. Like if it if it's open, like I'll say do it, and then you hear it. Yeah, Cal's do it, and then he does it, and then it's just like does whatever he wants. They're they're on the same brain wavelength, and it's scary. Oh yeah, that's one thing is like Andy Reid just tells everyone like, hey, this is you run a post, you run an out, run a slant, Kelsey. Do whatever the fuck you want. Mahomes will find you. <laughs> yeah. And it just happens. Because you see Kelsey almost looks like he's improvising as he goes. He's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll run, a f- I'll run it out and then run back in. And he f- gets the ball scampers for a couple extra I yards. think there is an element of improv in what they do too, right? Where they were set up for success and then they, like, he relies on that connection that they have. They're yeah. Like, why wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, big games, what typically gets W's defense and run game and to me like both of that leans to philly so it's kind of like conventional thinking makes everyone think that the eagles kind of are in the conventional thinking is why sports betting doesn't work totally because it's kind of your that's like that's what this is in in really oversimplified terms right is like what is the recipe for good playoff football versus this like variable that we haven't seen and are like a really long time at quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Eagles also just seem like one of those Super Bowl losing teams. Like, <laughs> there's always this team, this out of nowhere team, and so was the last Eagles Super Bowl championship team, yeah. right? You know, Carson Wentz playing like an MVP quarterback, come out of nowhere, that team was on a run. Oh, now he's out. They win with fools, whatever. But those teams, like, they just happen all the time. Like, yeah. a team you don't, it's like that. This team's in the Super Bowl, really? Yeah. Like those teams usually lose, even yeah. though you know they are. We're used to them now. At the start of the year, you go Philly, KC. It's like, that's a no-brainer. KC wins that. Mm-hmm. There's just always that team. And then they disappear for a while, you know. 
like the Falcons losing to the Patriots, yeah. the Panthers losing to Panthers, the Broncos, yeah. like yep. all these teams that like that's that's actually an awesome comparison is those Panthers. Yeah. Cam Newton comes in, wins MVP. Where Hertz played like an MVP this year too. Similar style of quarterback. They're the best team in the NFC all year, just destroying. Yeah. And what was that one? Was that like fifty six to friggin' like fourteen or something? They dust. I think that was, was that the, the Broncos that, Seahawks. That was Broncos, Broncos Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, Broncos they did still, dominate yeah, the Panthers. Not as so. bad as that one though. Yeah, no. but yeah, that's it's just those teams like where they come out of nowhere with no real mm-hmm. experience. They don't win that much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just so tricky because like even look at wide receiver room is like <laughs> huge edge, huge Eagles. difference. Yeah, it's like everything on paper makes me think like boy. I don't know. We'll see. see that's, that's, <laughs> that's why, like, I say the Eagles are clearly on paper the better team, yeah. but it's just the Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> like, Holmes. No one, except Scott, saw the Chiefs, like, being oh, in on. this position. So many people did. <laughs> because Chiefs. it's like, but you lose so much. You know, you lose Tyreek Hill. Eric Bieniemy had so many offers, or not so many offers, but so many interviews to go out and, and leave. There's the integrity just losing everywhere, and it's like... We don't give a fuck. Yeah. We have Patrick Mahomes. That's what I thought the entire yeah. time. And I think a lot of people thought that. And it's just not enough. That should have been over 50% of people's picks. And instead, it was like 20 probably. And I'll admit, like, I, I turned a new leaf where it was like, I've now put, like, for my quarterback rankings, it's like Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. Like, that's just how it is now because Allen's a little bit more riskier. He does a little bit more dumb shit. He's not as composed as Mahomes and Burrow. And that's why, like, I'm, like, I still love Josh Allen. Like, he's a great quarterback. Right? You know, but like, third best quarterback in the league is not a bad thing to say. Yeah. No, that. exactly, right? But yeah. it's like Mahomes, he, he, he's just, he's flicked a switch in my head where it's like, I'm never going to doubt him now. It's, no. it's Tom Brady passing the torch. Yeah. People <laughs> tried this offseason, especially in the fantasy sphere, right? Like, yep. whoa, it could be Herbert, it, you know, and it's, it's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mahomes yeah. is the guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. He's the dog. Yeah, I, w- I want to ask you guys. So, because Jalen Hurts, I feel like that's a major X factor in this game is how Jalen Hurts will play. Because we all kind of have an ex- expectation of the Mahomes Kelsey connection and just how Mah- Mahomes is going to deal. Uh, Philly's defense has come out to play, um, which could even maybe cause a couple turnovers through Mahomes just through deception maybe a strip sack of some sort. Mahomes is usually pretty good with that, but Philly Eagles... Not like last the, game, that freaking sack was like, so... Or that fumble oh, yeah, was so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a oddity. Though. Like, that doesn't happen a lot. Like, that's just, like, something weird that happened. But how does Jalen Hurts, like, catapult this Eagles offense who's already high scoring? Like, we know what he can do with his legs, but, like, how does he really put together a complete game to put Eagles over the edge? To me, it's utilizing both of his wide receivers, right? I mean, like we he, he had both wide receivers finish in the as wide receiver once mm-hmm. in fantasy, pretty much in depending on the format. Not everyone can do that. Like you've got two huge weapons, and if he can actually slow the game down enough to actually just acknowledge which of those two dogs is open on any given play, then I love Jalen Hurts, man. Like everyone thought that this guy couldn't throw and that he was just like a fantasy darling and he's come out this year and like just physically on the field. I want him as my quarterback kind of thing, right? Like he just, how he looks out there, he's hulking. Like Mm -hmm. I just love like his confidence and persona this year. It's just like, there's something about it that has changed for me. And I think he can carry this team, this team if he could use his legs and just slow the game down enough 
to acknowledge which of those two wide receivers is open. One of them is going to be open, and it's probably Devonta Smith. But probably. One of them is going to be open. Um, Dallas it, Goddard, too. You know, Dallas Goddard, Dallas too. Goddard. He just He's has sleepy. to slow it down enough and just, if he can do that, boy. Yep. I think the key is they got to score early. They can't get down a couple of scores. You can't have a turnover early. I think that'll be an absolute recipe for disaster for them. Like mm-hmm. he's going to get shook early. Last time he was in a big game, he lost his job, Alabama, and Tua comes in, wins that nat championship. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's exactly what he needs to be like, hey, I'm not going to blow this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But that's, that's also that's a good. different league, too. Yeah, so yeah, I we, could see it both ways. I can be like, this guy folds under pressure. He fucked up in the national championship yeah. game and Tua won it for them. Or it could be like, remember I'm, last I'm time? I'm ready that. for it this yeah. time. Yeah. You know? yeah. I had kind of I had made that comparison. But yeah, that's true. We also haven't seen a Jalen Hurts-led Eagles team be down. Right. Yeah. They haven't really fought adversity. Now, granted, um, their team is just great. Mm-hmm. They they did have one of the like six easiest schedules in the NFL this year. You can only which, play the people in front of you though. Exactly, and that's not a harp on them. That's not a like not against them. But we haven't seen them be down. Yeah. If yeah. the Chiefs do get up, I don't know. We haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't seen them try yeah. and like that doesn't make them a bad team, but it makes it hard to say they're a great team. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't know yet. That's exactly. it. Yeah, I don't think this. Even if they win, this Eagles team won't go down as like one of the greatest, like NFL teams no. ever. You mm. know, we see these teams like you alluded to. That'll kill Philly fans too. They oh, still yeah, have well. every reason to think that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but like Scott encapsulated it, we see these teams come along where it's just like there's some something that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but they won't be regarded as like one of the best teams ever. No. They just were the best team this year if they win. Yeah. Um We'll see. Yeah, they made all the right moves. Um, I think that A.J. Brown has been one of the best trades in the past few years. It's more like what the Titans' last GM was smoking. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you pay A.J. Brown What the hell? Yeah. What a great deal for the Eagles. Yeah, he was like, all right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Our quarterback needs a weapon, and we'll take A.J. Brown. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's the catch here? Nothing. Yeah. First round pick. Okay, sounds good. Say yeah. less. We all get a uh, an asthma attacking uh, AJ Brown in <laughs> Traylon Burks. Yeah. 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 No, but, but yeah, I think yeah, AJ Brown. I think he's become like a sneaky. I know, it, like, doesn't really matter because in like the NHL conversation, like, no other heart candidate really matters. It's a waste of a good year because the season McDavid's having. Like, I think Mahomes is the MVP, but like AJ Brown, for some reason, he's just having a sneaky like. MVP season this year because of the impact he made on Jalen Hurts and creating deception on the Eagles offense. Like he's taking the attention mm-hmm. away from others, making it easier for Jalen Hurts to do his job. Yeah. And it's the new recipe, right? You've got, if you have a true like 1A, 1B, like Cincy with Chase and Higgins, it just makes it so challenging. And then if you have a good tight end, um, Devontae uh, Parker Boyd. and Jacoby Myers too. Don't forget about those guys. <laughs> if Travis or Boyd works that way with them too, just being a good slot. <laughs> totally. Instead of the tight end. Yes. Boys, Which is not like what's his yeah, name. And Hunter Henry. Hey, I forget about it, but... oh, no, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Johnny Smith. 
<laughs> Listen, Johnny Smith is a physical freak and he's an absolute stud. I don't know why it hasn't worked in two years, but no, he is it's, a stud it, and he gets way too much hate and I still love him. I don't yeah, care how much money Yeah, it's almost like Seattle just not utilizing Jimmy Graham. It's like, oh, yeah. wow, we got this guy who can box out everyone? Mm-hmm. He yeah, does block. Have, yeah. He has like drop <laughs> issues a bit, but like the way he moves as a type, like... I love Johnny yeah. Smith. I he's, still he's love him. Athlete. Pats fans freaking hate him, though, and I understand he makes a ton of money. He's done nothing. He's also been not put on the field. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. He's put in, like, blocking love, sets I, all the time. I love Johnny Smith as well, and I think he could have flourished in the system. It's, it's not over I, yet. Yeah, it's we not. Got, yeah. We got the return of the Bill O'Brien. He did a Hernandez and Gronk before, so. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's going to yeah. be awesome. It's true. But. Yeah. Anyways, more with the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to just do quick 20-second uh, scripts since scripts are such a big thing right now. Uh, so we're just going to call it the script for the Super Bowl. So I'll go first to let you guys prepare. Sure. Um, that's how the game starts. Uh, touchback. Yeah, Chiefs get the ball. They go up uh, one score. They get the ball back after a three and out. 10 nothing. Eagles drive down. Uh, Devonta Smith scores. And then they go kind of back and forth, back and forth. Last minute or last second drive. It's Mahomes to get the MVP. He goes down there. Harrison Butker kicks a 20-yard field goal for the win. Final score. Final score, 31-30. Oh, wow. Wow. What a game. Yeah. Colin, I I like high score. I like this high-scoring game. I don't know. I do too, which again is like the conventional thinking thing. Yeah, which is why it's going to be 12-9. So... I th- I think cuz uh, I think the past 8 Super Bowls the team who's won the coin toss has lost. Yeah, I posted that on my story. So, so I think Philly wins the coin toss. They elect to defer, right? Um they go down 3 and out. I think then Casey gets the ball back field goal 3 nothing whatever. And then I think it's a one score game, a 10-7 game going into the second quarter for the Chiefs. I think they're up 10-7. Uh, first touchdown for the Chiefs going to Kelsey. Um, first touchdown for the Eagles is Jalen Hurts. He's going to run it in from the red zone. And then at halftime, I think it's going to be a 21-17 to game for the Chiefs. And then I think that's when it's going to get really locked down um, in the second half. And I think Kelsey's going to get his second touchdown of the game late in the fourth to put him up um, 31 to 24 over the Eagles. And Kelsey's going to win MVP. Ooh, Kelsey. Okay. Well, you're getting close to my score. And I actually thought of this score the other day, and I don't know why I thought of it. It just came to me. But now I'll create a script to make it work with the score (laughs) I thought of. So Chiefs got the ball early. Course touchback and a bet touchback too. Of course, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they just absolutely operate that first drive. I think they score. Cah punches it in. He's back. Get the Chiefs fans going. And then we're gonna get sack fumble TD. Chris Jones. Don't know if he returns it. Ooh. Yeah, defensive TD from the Chiefs or three and out first drive. But they're gonna get one at some point. I think the Chiefs get up a few scores. Then they start to run the ball. They start to punt a few times. They kick a few field goals. The Eagles start coming back. And then say it's 32-18, about five minutes left. They've got three touchdowns. Butker, of course, misses an extra point because he does. Of course, yeah. (laughs) And then they kick a few field goals. They get 32 points. 
Eagles score to make it 32-25 with about five minutes left. The Chiefs either kill that clock out or the Eagles get one last chance and don't make it. 32-25, Chiefs. It's a mm. unique score. Whoever has that on the uh, on the board is going to get a lot right of money. Now we all got, right now, we all got the over. That's set at 50 right yeah, now. Yeah, one so. point off. And I was thinking, I literally, like yesterday or two days ago, I'm driving in my car. And I'm like, I was listening to podcasts, actually, and they were predicting the score. And I was like, I'm feeling 32-25. <laughs> That's like a Swami score. I don't know. What did I say 31-24 or 32-24? 31-24. So we got the same yeah. spread. 31-30, Yeah. I haven't given this like a ton of thought, but Sam, um, I just made mine up on the spot. <laughs> one thing that <laughs> one thing that I like have thought I think could happen, and so I'll I'll manifest it right now, is I think that the I actually think the Chiefs are gonna come out and start really slow. And I think Mahomes is gonna tweak his ankle at some point in the first half. Ooh, I think it'll well, be this like big, that. like <laughs> what are the odds on that? I think he's going to be seen limping around at some point and there's going to be all this. Oh, he's going to throw on the run. And the lines like, are going to go wild. Up. I think there's going to be something like that with Chad, his ankle. Get yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. I think he's <laughs> going to stay in the game and, and gut through it. But I would bet that the Eagles control like possession and game clock for a lot of the first half. I would actually see the Eagles like getting a 10 point lead and like holding that 10 point lead all the way into like the fourth quarter, almost to the point where it's getting to be like a boring spectator spot. And then they start to give Mahomes just a little those that extra possession. Some somehow he gets that extra possession where everyone knows that's like all you need, like that one turnover dis- differential or or something. And then Mahomes like starts cooking and gets gets down to business. Yeah. I'm going 28, 24. I think that 10 point differential will be there. And then Casey will come through with a late touchdown. So we all think the Eagles God are a better team, it. but they're gonna lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> all of us. I, I, I'm just like a I'm a big storyline guy, and I think there's too many storylines surrounding KC for them not to win. Like I just think they were they've been they were first time they've been underdogs, and then they were once underdogs at home for the first time. Then the the betting swung them to favorites. I just. Mahomes' ankle, the Kelsey Bowl, the Andy Reid Bowl. I just, State Farm Spokesman Bowl. <laughs> yeah, like, I just think there's too much surrounding KC that, like, they're going to lose. Like, I just think yeah. that they're going to come out I on just top. see this, and like, I, situation where it's, like, kind of like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders where, like, Eagles fans, you can, like, sense them being, like, we're up 10 with... 10 minutes to go, like, we're going to do it. And then it's like the Brady magic starts kicking in and, like, those or, dreams crumble. <laughs> like, it's like the it's like the snaps of when um, it was Packers versus Cardinals and Cardinals went up by three or they tied the game or something. They went up by one with, like, 30 seconds left. And Packers fans are, like, taking Snapchats or something. They're, like, they're really cheering with 30 seconds Too on the clock. Too much time and, left. And Rodgers has the ball, and then Rodgers drives down, gets a field goal, and they win the game. <laughs> I think your script of, like, ch- the Chiefs, like, coming down late and scoring a touchdown, I think, like, under five minutes, down two scores, like, the Chiefs are down two scores, is exactly where you don't want the Chiefs to be. Because mm-hmm. the Chiefs is like, oh, we just need a glimmer of light with the game yeah. almost over. All right, boys, let's start trying. If the and Eagles just... start going three and out at any point in the fourth yeah, quarter, consecutive three things are about to shift. Three and outs, like, they need to keep too. running the football really well in that fourth and quarter. And don't look to move the sticks on every single play. Like, be okay throwing a three yard in and maybe trying to get a few yards after the catch like 
don't be afraid of doing that. Don't try and move the sticks every single time because that's when the three. That's when a first and ten turns into like a three and eleven because coverage sacks will start coming into play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything like that. Look for the quick throws, maybe some QB uh, drawn up runs, kind of thing like that. Because Jalen Hurts has the power to maybe get a few yards with designed runs and everything mm-hmm. like that. They have to look to get the ball out quick in order to avoid those quick three and outs, like you're saying. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, since that like on the on the fly thing kind of went so good, I'm going to do one more thing and then we'll kind of conclude it. But I want you guys to give me a guaranteed lock of a player prop or like any sort of prop line in this game on the offense and the defense. So I'll go first to set an example for the offense. Give me Kelsey, multi touchdown scorer, and CJ Gardner Johnson with a pick. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um, ooh, I like. I'm gonna kind of steal Scott's here because I kind of like his a lot. I'm gonna go Chris Jones strip fumble. I'm, I just think whether it's Jack McKinnon or no, sorry, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, or Jalen Hurts running. I think Chris Jones is either like strip sack or he's gonna cause a fumble. One of the two, and. I like Kelsey anytime touchdown score as well, but I'll get a multi. He has a multi. Yeah, touchdown. I'll go back to the Eagle side. I think Jalen hurts anytime touchdown. Is a lock. Chalk. Yeah. <laughs> well, last week I didn't bet on it, but I told my buddy to, and he screwed up and put it as first TD score. But I had a feeling Valdez Scantling was going to score a TD. He did. He rarely scores. And this week, like I've already said twice, I think CH is going to score. Yep. And I've been really good at these feelings lately. So. I think that's a lock. Someone it sounds it. wild. I bet. think it's an out. Oh, I'm betting it. I'm betting the shit out of it. <laughs> but I think that's a lock. And then I don't know about just like a single player prop, but I like Chris Jones MVP. Ooh. Like I said, wow. I got the Chiefs scoring three touchdowns, one of them being defensive, and I got four field goals going in there. Four field? Okay, yeah. That's how we're getting to 32. Nice. Right? Yeah, With yeah. The, the Butker Miss Pat. Chris Jones MVP. I like it. Wow. Bold, bold, bold predictions. Last time someone had a bold prediction like that, it came to fruition on the on the show with Matt. Oh, yeah. Eagles He's... by 10 <laughs> against San Fran. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, on the Eagles side, I'll take uh, – I'm a huge Devonta Smith guy. I've already stated that. Took him in my dynasty leagues. So I'm going to take him getting over the century mark. I'm going to take him over 120. Oh. I think – like, this is the game to me where everyone wants to talk about A.J. Brown. I actually think Devontae Smith is the best wide receiver in Philadelphia. I know that's, like, a really, like... How do you do in your dynasty league? I'm, I'm doing pretty well, man. Yeah. I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm rebuilding. Guys, but, uh, but, like, I think anything. Devonta has the ability. I think this kind of game, someone who can just get open all the time, I think he's going to be open all the time. I alluded to it earlier. If, if Jalen can just see him, mm-hmm. I think he goes off for a bunch of yardage. And to my Saints guy... Chiefs defensive side thrown back to the Tracy Porter era. Oh, I think damn. my boy Trent McDuffie is going to take it for a pick six. I was just going to say you like to Smith win so much. You don't it like for Mc, the Chiefs. You don't like McDuffie. <laughs> I like McDuffie. Um, so yeah, that's my hot take on the on the Chiefs side. Pick like six that. for McDuffie. Was, Patriots pick uh, right there. to win it. Patriots was, draft pick they got him with. That was thirteen years ago yesterday. Crazy, <sighs> man. Crazy. Um, Downhill ever since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Nice. All right, let's just go around and quick uh, refresh on score prediction and MVP to finish it off. All right. right. And maybe give like a reason why you think the MVP MVP pick. 31-30 because Mahomes led a two-minute drill to win the game. So Mahomes MVP. Mahomes MVP. Chiefs I, 31-30. I got 31-24 uh, Kelsey MVP. I think Eagles are going to force a few turnovers on Mahomes. But I think it's going to be one of those Edelman games where Brady doesn't have a great game, but Edelman goes off. I think Kelsey's going to have like over 120 and two touchdowns, and it's going to be the game-winning touchdown. So I think Kelsey gets MVP 31-24. Over under 10 and a half catches for him. That's a very high mark. Yeah, under. He got 14. Under. He got 14. I know. That's why 10 and a half seems kind of yeah. reasonable, especially if you're saying he's going to have one of these. Yeah. I think yeah. under, but I think he's going to have one of those weird 40-yard scampers. Where like he catches it at like the thirty nine and then runs past like nine blockers and somehow scores <laughs> like one of those Kelsey touchdowns, so I think he'll have like a lot like eight maybe like eight yard catches and then like go off for like some like crazy run kind of thing. So I think around like nine catches. Okay, I got Chiefs thirty two twenty five. Chris Jones MVP because I think the Eagles defense is going to be very good and the Chiefs are going to need. A defensive touchdown. I don't know if he gets it, but I think he gets a couple sacks, forces a turnover. I think I truly think Chris Jones is the second best player in this game. Mm-hmm. The best player not named Patrick Mahomes. You could say Travis Kelsey. Maybe talk about a few Eagles, but I, I really think he's that good, and they're going to need him to lead as much as Mahomes to win it. I like yeah. it. Fair. Yeah, I went 28-24 uh, for the Chiefs. And truthfully, if my uh, hot take with Devonta is him going off. That means Jalen has had a very dominant game, and I would take him as the MVP. If if the Eagles are going to win, he has to be uh, MVP. So that'll be my pick. But you got the Chiefs winning, don't you? Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> one of those rare, one of those rare, one of those of the game rare uh, John Sebastian Jaguar moments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jesus, James, you can keep it that way. I I'll like keep it, it that way. Yeah. Fuck it, Jaguar, baby. <laughs> I love it. Chad Henney's probably going to have to come in for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll own that blunder, and that's my pick. All right. I love it. It's going to make it. the graphic that much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what time do we got? What time? What time? It's like quarter after five. five I probably have another five, right ten tops. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, boys, thanks for coming on. This is a very fun episode. Yeah, this is fun. Preview, some NHL talk. It was really good. Need to be done. Uh, Scott, where can the people find you? At twi- uh, at Scott Ani or underscore Scott Ani on Twitter, and then yeah, Leafs Nation's blogs. Hopefully coming up soon. Some Blue Jays Nation blogs. I haven't been writing mm. since last season for them, but I expect to get back into the mix there. So yeah. Okay, it's Brett. Sweet. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Brett Roselle Music. I am a music creator as well. You can find me on Twitter, Brett Roselle. My website. Search my name. Google my name. You can find me on most platforms. Okay, it's Aid. On Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton and TikTok at HBart13. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. And YouTube, LeftSideHeavy. Subscribe and rate and review the show anywhere you get your podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.